I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. HD you are listening to a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. I now hand over the mic to my co-host, Suchi Bansal. Uh, good evening, everybody. Let me introduce you to our stellar panel we have today and welcome Mr. Suresh Narayanan, Chairman and Managing Director at Nestle India Limited, Mr. Ankshu Malik, Deputy Chief Executive Officer Adani Wilma, Mr. Arvind Medirata, Managing Director and CEO of Metro Cash and Carry India, and Mr. Shogato Gupta, Managing Director and CEO at Marico Limited. I would now request my co-host, Vinay, to take over. I would like to kickstart this conversation by asking the first question to Suresh. Hi, Suresh. Welcome to Mint. The best advice I've read about or heard about is your grandmother's advice to you when you came back to 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 steer Nestle? Does that advice still drive you today? Uh, thank you, uh, thank you, Vinay, for for having me on your show, and also thanking you uh, very much for reminding me of my grandmother, uh, somebody who has been an inextricable part of my life and was played a huge influence on me. And uh, I think her advice uh, was very clearly. She said, "Take care of your people." When, when I was afflicted with the with the Maggie crisis, and I was given the challenge along with my team to 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 uh, to bring the company out of that difficult situation. So, uh, you know that 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 uh, advice uh, given by uh, a lady who hadn't gone beyond uh, primary school, uh, I think remains with. Uh, till today and it's even more relevant if, if there is one thing about this pandemic that is core and central is the fact that this is about human beings this is about humanity this is about compassion and this is about uh, people and if you don't have people uh, I think whether it is uh, Marico or whether it is uh, it is Metro or whether it is Adani Wilma or indeed Nestle uh, we will cease to exist so uh, I think that adage has uh, been very close to me. It has been an inexplicable part of my own management philosophy. Uh, Suresh, you've been uh, talking about how to to do a makeover during during the this phase, specifically with regard to digital transformation. And you have laid down a few points about uh, providing the necessary information to consumers, to giving them an idea of the nutritional value and to provide uh, a digital interface to some of the activities that you do in the stores. I just, I'm just curious to, uh, to know whether, is there any sense that you get that we are overreacting or is it a blip? Uh, do you see this as an overreaction? 
Well, uh, Vinay, I, I certainly don't see uh, I don't see the, the the pandemic or our reaction to it anywhere, uh, even remotely, as an overreaction. I think this pandemic is 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 hugely dangerous for for mankind. Uh, less than two grams of it has infected and brought mankind down on their knees. So, I mean, that's not something to be uh, to be to be scoffed at. Uh, I think consumer behaviors uh, are changing and uh, they are here to stay. Uh, they are not going to, to, to change in a, uh, in a dramatic hurry because when people are mortally scared and when you are scared about your life, when you don't know where the virus lurks in the air and whether you can get it in the next uh, couple of hours, uh, I think you behave very, very differently because humans have a, uh, have a, have a very keen sense uh, to for protection and, and and protecting themselves. So I think um, uh, for businesses, I think you had a very good title, uh, pivot or perish. Uh, you can uh, if you have something to pivot, then you won't uh, perish. Uh, otherwise, uh, perish you will because I think I think uh, the vulnerability of organizations, however high and mighty they, that, that they may uh, they may think themselves to be, uh, it lies on on very quickly six principles that I've I've, I've just put down as uh, six R's as I call it. Uh, number one is relevance. Uh, I mean, are you even relevant as a business? Are your brands relevant in the context in which uh, in which uh, we find ourselves? Are you resonant? I mean, are your purpose and values in sync with with uh, with uh, with what the consumer is looking at in terms of trustworthiness and in terms of uh, quality? Um, renewing about competence. Do you have the competence to navigate? Uh, this world, uh, the new world that is that is going to happen, uh, both in leadership terms and also in terms of organizational process and system competence. Recalibration, which is uh, looking at yourselves and looking at your competitors and your peer group. Uh, are you competitive enough? And is competitiveness an inherent part of 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 um, of, of your being? Uh, the fifth R is reconstructing, which is really all about execution. I think I've always believed fervently, uh, and since I spent a lot of time in sales, I can tell you that uh, for me, strategy is execution. You know, if you get the execution wrong, you can write nice, beautiful papers on strategy, it won't work. And last is resurgence, which is really results. I mean, after at the end of doing all whatever you're doing, are you getting the necessary results in this uh, COVID world? I think the COVID, the post-COVID world is going to be an exciting world, it's going to have a a lot of opportunities, but it's going to demand agility. It uh, needs to. It, it uh, demands uh, a almost a an anticipatory capability that is very very high, and also uh, speed uh, that is of an enormous uh, enormous order because things will change very very quickly. Uh, Suresh, you have dovetailed this beautifully beautifully in the six points. Uh, one question I have on the execution side is how do you cascade these six points to the rest of the organization? Look, I've, I've always uh, believed this, and I think uh, uh, Peter Drucker said it beautifully. He said that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Uh, you know, all, all that we are talking uh, is not possible. Uh, the transmission mechanisms in the organization is through people, uh, process, and perspectives. And uh, people and perspectives are all about culture. Uh, so I've, I've said this once before. I think if companies were to spend more money on developing the cultural aspects of their organization than even on CapEx, I think we will have uh, a large number of even better run companies. 
So for me, culture and the way in which you work, the way in which you have an unsaid language that gets translated at times of difficulty. See, in in good times, as they say in Hindi, Haryali mein tote bahut bolte but it is when the chips are down that you realize that that fellow in the front, the, your distributor salesman, does he have the guts, does he have the verve, does he have the passion, does he have the zing to go out there and distribute? Or is he going to be sitting on the sidelines waiting for somebody else to come and do it? And if that somebody else happens to be a powerful company like Metro or, or, or Marico, I mean, you, they're going to eat you for breakfast. So... I think I think companies have to realize that uh, uh, that that uh, cultural mechanisms will probably be the strongest mechanism. I know this is old school thought, but I am distinctly older than than both my 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 my, my younger colleagues on the on the panel, and I can say this with, I think with, with a lot of humility that I have seen mountains being moved by people, I have seen seas being conquered by people, I've also seen failures happening uh, because people have not got it right. So. To me, that's that's a very important aspect uh, of this crisis. Thank you. Uh, I have a question for uh, Mr. Shogatul Gupta. Uh, basically, you know, Marico also opened Safola stores during the COVID period and tied up with delivery firms like Swiggy and Zomato. So, will this new delivery model survive after the pandemic is over? Because FMCG uh, works on very low margins. So does this innovation, is it long-lasting? So the way we look at it is to make the consumer, uh, make the product available to the consumer. As you know that immediately when the lockdown started, there were issues in terms of uh, making the product available. Also, given the situation, a lot of consumers were opting not to go out but have their product home delivered. So I think we made, uh, I think, different models, whether it's the direct-to-consumer, and I think a direct-to-consumer model for something like Safola can be scalable and move into a subscription model. And some of the other experiments which you are doing, whether it's through aggregators or through some of the other, I think some of them will work, some of them will exist in a post-COVID world and some will be experiments. But nevertheless, I think we came up with a lot of experiments the entire sector. And I think this system has to force us. And let me tell you, some of the changes in go-to-market as that has happened, that would have happened in three, four years would now happen in the next six months. I think there's been a significant leapfrogging of a lot of transformation in the go-to-market. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so how do you see your e-commerce strategy sort of really panning out, you know, after this? So uh, let me start by saying, I think uh, this has happened in China and some of the other markets in a post-COVID scenario. I think we have uh, at least leapfrogged two to three years in e-commerce growth. Uh, E-commerce, uh, I think, is around 3 to 4% of the FMCG sector. It's expected to grow 40-50%. I think people, uh, what is most important is that uh, companies ensure that uh, we have a sustainable model to grow the sector. And uh, I believe that uh, even along with e-commerce, the entire digital transformation will get accelerated in the FMCG sector. And they go to a large extent uh, hand in hand. And I expect... Uh, at least uh, what we are looking at is at least uh, e-commerce, a lot of the categories have come back to Jan Feb levels. And I think uh, we believe that e-commerce uh, contribution from a 5% can exit even for us to a 7 8% this year. Okay. And uh, basically going forward, do you see, you know, uh, because the food products categories had seen an uptick, 
so marico is based the flagship product is parachute but do you see yourself focusing more on your food portfolio going forward so if i look at uh, sofola for example i think uh, the number of cooking occasions at home has significantly increased for a sofola consumer who was anyway traveling a lot eating out a lot i see a significant opportunity of in between home uh, in between meals healthy eating options and i think in a post covid world people will be looking at health wellness and immunity and therefore mm-hmm. there could be options in that space okay but are you some products are already in the pipeline i think we have uh, i think we have some oats we have safola i think we have to first realize its full potential and see what happens but yes i think this offers us an opportunity for driving uh, foods in a slightly bigger way okay okay thank you so much uh, i have a question for mr mediratta since metro cash and carry services both modern trade and kiranas uh, how do you think they performed during the crisis if you were to compare the two channels see i will say that uh, we primarily cater to the kirana customers and the hospitality sector so we have about uh, 10 lakh customers kirana customers in the 17 cities where we operate and we have seen that during the pandemic the kirana customers have really done very well because uh, you know there were severe lockdown restrictions enforced across the entire country and the key priority for the government apart from the safety of the, of the citizens was to make sure they get access to basic food and grocery and uh, the expectation at the beginning of the whole process when we had interactions with various uh, ministers and various uh, bureaucrats at the center was that the e-commerce companies would deliver to every household but the reality is almost uh, you know two months later or slightly more than two months later that most of the households got access to daily food and grocery through the neighborhood kirana stores they could place an order with them on the phone and they could deliver uh, even if the household was within a containment zone Uh, we've also seen that uh, yes uh, there were a lot of restrictions on movement of people movement of trucks movement of vehicles even for kirana customers to come to our store and buy but uh, we have we launched an e-commerce platform uh, for our kirana customers where they had visibility to our tier pricing and uh, we found that during the daytime they were catering to their customers and after 5 or 6 o'clock because we had a curfew starting from 7 p.m. till 7 a.m. in the morning after 5 we would get lot of orders from kirana customers uh, in the evening sometimes even when they were going back home so we saw that kirana customers were very agile they were able to capitalize on the opportunity and as a result at least our business with kiranas went up by 40 50% which more than compensated by the loss in sales because the hospitality sector uh, got a body blow because all the restaurants all the hotels were shut down and our sales dropped to almost uh, you know 20 30% of the pre covid levels but overall in the food business we were still able to uh, get close to what we were doing before covid thanks to the big jump in kirana segment and we've also seen that kiranas have become lot more digitally savvy so earlier they were uh, now almost everybody has a smartphone the smartphone pricing has come down they're very comfortable downloading an app because we could not physically go and meet them to tell them how to download the app how to place an order but our sales team could do it on the phone with them they were able to navigate through the app if they had any queries they would call our people our team we even had a helpline number and we are finding that uh, this is a big uh, avenue in terms of business growth for us even post covid the adoption which would have taken 9 months as sugata was saying uh, in terms of downloading the app uh, happened in probably 60 days we have about a lakh kirana customers which are already ordering on this app and they find it very very convenient 
Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, so which means, sorry. And I will say that uh, uh, overall, if you look at the category, uh, yes, e-commerce business probably would have grown a lot because the base is very small. If you look at the food and grocery sector in India, 90% of the sector is dominated by uh, uh, Kirana stores. In the urban cities and the big cities, probably it's about 80-85%. Modern trade is about uh, you know 15 to 18%. E-commerce is still small, 3% to 3% in food and grocery. So uh, on that big base, uh, Kiranas have registered growth. Though I would also like to add that uh, uh, there are newspaper reports and also we have done our telephonic surveys. A lot of Kirana stores which got shut down during the last 60 days. And we are not sure whether they will actually reopen. So there has also been some mortality rate in the Kirana sector. And I think it's true for almost all the small shopkeepers. Because uh, for many of them to stay afloat without getting a single penny of revenue is a difficult challenge. So the number that we have is about 6 lakh Kiranas, 7 lakh Kiranas got shut down in the last 60 days. Many of them probably would have gone back to their hometown. There was also a dearth of manpower. So it's interesting how uh, things will change uh, once things get back to normal. Okay. So related to this, I wanted to ask you, uh, since you're talking about digitization of Kiranas, so do you think grocery retail will transform as a result of COVID? Because till now, it's always all been about physical distribution and feet on the ground. So will that change? It will change. I think the share of e-commerce or online grocery shopping will go up. But I think it's too early and probably totally premature to write off the epitaph for the Kirana stores because uh, you can also place an order. You know, a lot of Kirana stores are now becoming smarter, so to say. So not only are they placing an order with people like us on an app, but they're also, you know, uh, getting orders from their customers either on WhatsApp or through a simple e-commerce app or also on the phone. And they're able to fulfill those orders very quickly. So I don't think, uh, you know, online will suddenly become a big share of the market. Yes, it will get a boost. The second thing we need to understand is we also get a lot of customers. You know, we have a lot of people who have their own business who come and shop. While the number of uh, the visits have come down at the stores, and I think it's true for almost everybody, the number of visits have gone down by 20, 30%. But the average bill value or basket value has gone up by 40 to 50%. Whether it's a Kirana customer, even a hotel who's, which is still open or a restaurant which is doing delivery, they're shopping less often, but the bill value has gone up 40, 50%. Because also, you know, India had one of the harshest lockdowns. It was not very easy for people to come to the store. And we are seeing that, again, food is a very big category. If you look at things like fresh fruits and vegetables, you look at chicken, uh, poultry, you look at seafood, frozen. These are our categories where people still like to touch and feel the product or see the product. Same is the case in commodities, where people want to touch and feel the, uh, the different types of rice. Uh, they want to, uh, you know, look, smell the spices. So in fresh and commodities, I don't think people will migrate very easily to online. There is a chunk of people, the more affluent household, which will do that. But there are a lot of people who also like the thrill of shopping and coming to a physical store. The kind of uh, experience that you have when you come to a big store like ours, where you have a you know, massive assortment, a lot of product categories from food to non-food to apparel, a lot of brands, is you know it cannot be replicated online. It is online. The only advantage is uh, you know, uh, convenience. And the other thing that we have noticed is all the discounts which are being offered by many of the online players have uh, have disappeared or have come down dramatically. So earlier, a lot of people were selling sugar at one rupee a kg. That's no longer the case. And as you have more sanity coming in in terms of pricing, because one of the reasons why people were going and shopping online apart from convenience was the pricing and promotion that they were 
getting on online platforms. Since that has come down, that will also have a role to play in terms of adoption of the curve. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, Mr. Malik, uh, you know, you were among the first companies to flag that the consumer is down trading and buying smaller packs. So what was your experience really? And did you see a difference between the urban and rural consumer? Mm, uh, yes. Uh, good evening to all. Uh, you're right, Sushi, uh, that the urban consumers were still buying uh, five-liter jars and a bigger SKU because they did not want to go frequently to the Kirana store to buy. Uh, but there was a marked difference in the rural or small towns where we have seen a huge jump in the buying of half a litre pack or one litre oil pack rather than the bigger pack. So uh, even smaller SKUs like 200 ml packs were sold off the shelf very fast. Uh, that is because people were interested in buying packed. One, they did not want it to buy loose. And second, uh, their uh, ability to pay also at one point of I mean, single point was not so much. So they could manage with smaller packs and their uh, business went up by more than 30-40%. In fact, the supply chain was tight for smaller SKUs. And uh, this we are still finding that it is continuing in the rural and smaller towns. The bigger towns, this month onwards, we are finding the small packs are again coming back into normal. The first month, that is April, obviously, 5-litre pack was maximum and 15-litre jars were sold. But then slowly, uh, May 15th onwards, people have started getting the pouch because pouch happens to be edible oil. One-litre pouch happens to be around 80-85% of the share. And 20% comes from the rigid pack. So, so slowly it is coming back. Mm -hmm. so what are the other challenges that you see at the retail end? I think uh, earlier you were mentioning about yeah, that, you know, not all the stores see, are working full-time. See, first, first and foremost is that how are we going to supply? Is it going to be an order booking or a ready stock supply? Uh, we have found that ready stock supply, at least whenever the outlet is open, you go with the stock and you supply. Uh, booking order and then going to supply, whether the shop will be open then or not, we don't know. So that is not working out. Second, giving credit uh, by our distributors is now becoming a big challenge because he is not very confident about whether that uh, uh, shop will pay him uh, after some time. So he's not ready. Earlier, they were giving 15 days credit. Today, uh, it is almost like cash and carry or only wherever they have confidence on the retailer, they are giving that. Wholesale has dried down. Uh, in commodity business, let me tell you, the wholesale plays a great role in pushing the stocks and moving it to the smaller outlets. The entire wholesale has uh, shrunk uh, drastically, and that is uh, the reason why uh, the distribution to smaller outlets has been uh, tough during this uh, COVID period. So we are facing that type of challenges. Uh, so we are pushing uh, through other means, but... Uh, yes, uh, the credit and uh, uh, shop timing, then uh, containment zone, and all of a sudden there's some closer, there's some timing and all that thing is becoming uh, difficult. And not all outlets can be serviced uh, as smoothly as we used to do earlier. I remember before COVID hit, you were uh, planning to uh, launch value-added staples. Uh, uh, you know, uh, so now will you expedite those, uh, you know, uh, products? And also you yes. mentioned the book segment. 
which you were evaluating to cook. Okay, yeah. uh, see, one is that um, we have uh, basically all these staples with us, essential staples like dal and rice and uh, atta oil, and we introduced sugar in uh, last month. So we have in, uh, introduced consumer pack sulfurless sugar in eastern markets, and this month we'll go into north. So packed sugar will be the one of the uh, product that we are introducing. We had introduced uh, ready-to-cook uh, khichdi in three variants, and we found a lot of response coming because during the lockdown, people wanted something easy to cook and availability, so we could uh, distribute that faster, and uh, the response was very good for that. Uh, Ready-to-eat uh, khichdi, we are extending some lines, and we are planning some more products on the similar uh, uh, portfolio. Okay, okay. Thank you. Uh, basically, I would like to, you know, uh, ask all the panelists a bit on how the rural demand is shaping up. How do you see a future for that? If Mr. Narayanan could answer that. Well, uh, I think it's, it's a very good question. And uh, uh, rural is uh, is definitely an important uh, contributor to the growth and the, the potential fortunes of, of consumer good companies. Uh, some companies have uh, a greater weight of, of uh, rural. I mean, for example, uh, Saugata and Mariko will have a much higher proportion of, of rural as compared to, to, to Nestle, where I have a, about a fourth of my sales coming out of, uh, out of rural markets. Uh, I believe, and um, and uh, I, I think you know, if you look at if you look at the 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 kind of uh, prognosis, uh, we are talking this year in in the in the desperate economic situation, we are still talking of a three to four percent growth in agriculture. The summer crop harvesting has been good. I think uh, it has been record uh, bumper crop of wheat and then also of other staples. So therefore, it means that. Uh, that there will be money in the hands of the farmers. Uh, however sad it may be, uh, but the migration of, uh, of, of workforce back to the village, uh, seeking jobs, uh, albeit in, 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 in Mandrega, uh, is also going to give an opportunity for some uptake in consumption. Because remember that all these people who have gone back have all consumed uh, branded products uh, during their uh, during their uh, their stint in the in the cities now i hope and pray that uh, they come back to the to the cities in order to get back their jobs and to and to kick start the economy but uh, today there is clearly uh, an opportunity there uh, plus of course uh, i think uh, for uh, for what we call the popularly positioned products uh, the ppp type products uh, as a consequence of both down trading and as a consequence of uh, of uh, consumption uh, improvements, uh, you will start seeing some some benefit happening. So I really think that uh, uh, rural consumption might actually uh, surprise us. Uh, the fact is that uh, till a few quarters back, rural was uh, outstripping uh, urban, right? And then most of us had the benefit of, of rural growth. Uh, unfortunately, it was going southwards. And in the last couple of quarters, it got uh, exacerbated. But the fact of the matter is that rural is still an important component. And uh, thank God for it. And uh, I think uh, that uh, the times just might be, uh, that just might surprise us. I mean, that is the eternal optimist in me. But I do see that uh, that there are logical economic reasons uh, why that should be the case. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Mr. Gupta, would you agree with that? I mean, do you see some signs of, you know, demand going up for your products in rural? I think uh, while it's too early to see the demand, at least, I think absolutely what Suresh has said is right. I think the two, three things. One is uh, agriculture income is less impacted. You will have a significant section of people who have moved to the villages also. We hope that they come back, but till that time, uh, there is consumption there. And uh, imagine people without jobs or you know without income in urban versus actually they have a place to stay. They have more lower cost of living. And if Manrega has kicked in, I think uh, they will have support in terms of having some disposable income towards buying some consumer goods. Uh, it, also, I think uh, what will also help is I believe that uh, given the monsoon, this year's monsoon is also expected to be near normal. So if you look at all these factors, I think rural will be far less impacted than urban. In fact, urban, both bottom of pyramid due to migration and, of course, lower economic effect activity is more likely to get impacted. So companies with direct distribution, rural distribution, are likely to be advantaged compared to others who depended, used to depend on wholesale for the throughput. This was a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.